the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In chapter 17 and 18 of Revelation, we see the fall of Babylon. What the significance of this fall is and just what Babylon is will be the topic today on this edition of Abounding Grace. So what is Babylon here in Revelation chapters 17 and 18? It does fall at the hands of God. It is judged by God. So we know that there are some things against it. But just specifically and exactly what Babylon is and why it is necessary that it must fall will be the focus of our time today and tomorrow here on Abounding Grace. We welcome you to the program and invite you to join us. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner now with today's program. Today we will be studying Revelation 18, but I want to read several verses from two Old Testament chapters. It just so happens that these are two of the longest chapters in the Bible, but my plan's not to read them in their entirety. But I do think it will be clear as to why I'm reading these along with Revelation 18. Jeremiah 50 and 51 are two chapters that comprise the historical background for Revelation 18. Many of the words and many of the ideas come right out of Jeremiah 50 and 51. So as I read segments of these two chapters, you'll see... The old principle that the only infallible interpreter of Scripture is Scripture. And the best way to try and understand a passage of Scripture is to understand it in light of another passage in Scripture. For what precedes always explains what follows. So let's start with verse 1 of chapter 50. In Jeremiah. Verse 1, and I'm going to read through to verse 10, then I'm going to skip over to 17 and read through verse 20. The word which the Lord spoke concerning Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, through Jeremiah the prophet Declare and proclaim among the nations, proclaim it and lift up a standard. Do not conceal it, but say, Babylon has been captured. Baal has been put to shame. Marduk has been shattered. Those are gods of Babylon. Her images have been put to shame. Her idols have been shattered. For a nation has come up against her out of the north. It will make her land an object of horror, and there will be no inhabitant in it. Both man and beast have wandered off. They have gone away. In those days, at that time, declares the Lord, the sons of Israel will come, both they and the sons of Judah as well. 
They will go along weeping as they go, and it will be the Lord their God they will seek. They will ask for the way to Zion, turning their faces in its direction. They will come that they may join themselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will not be forgotten. My people have become lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have made them turn aside on the mountains. They have gone along from mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. All who came upon them have devoured them. And their adversaries have said, we are not guilty inasmuch as they have sinned against the Lord, who is the habitation of righteousness, even the Lord and the hope their fathers. Wander away from the midst of Babylon and go forth from the land of the Chaldeans. Be also like male goats at the head of the flock. For behold, I am going to arouse and bring up against Babylon a horde of great nations from the land of the north. And they will draw up their battle lines against her. From there she will be taken captive. Their arrows will be like an expert warrior who does not return empty-handed. Chaldea will become plunder. All who plunder her will, will have enough, declares the Lord. Verse 17. Israel is a scattered flock. The lions have driven them away. The first one who devoured him was the king of Assyria. And this last one who has broken his bones is Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to punish the king of Babylon and his land, just as I punished the king of Assyria. I will bring Israel back to his pasture, and he will graze on Carmel, on Carmel and Bashan, and his desire will be satisfied in the hill country of Ephraim and Gilead. In those days, at that time, declares the Lord, search will be made for the iniquity of Israel, but there will be none, and for the sins of Judah, but they will not be found, for I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant." And then, if you would, over to chapter 51 of Jeremiah, and I'll read verses 1 through 10. Remember, this is all background for what we're going to be studying today. 51 verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am going to arouse against Babylon and against the inhabitants of Lebkamel, and against the inhabitants of Lebkanel, the spirit of a destroyer, I will dispatch foreigners to Babylon, and they may winnow her, and they devastate her land. For on every side they will be opposed to her in the day of her calamity. Let, him, let not him who bends his bow bend it, nor let him rise up in his scale armor. So do not spare her young men, devout all her army to destruction." They will fall down, slain in the land of the Chaldeans, and pierced through in their streets. For neither Israel nor Judah has been forsaken by his God, the Lord of hosts. Although their land is full of guilt before the Holy One of Israel, flee from the midst of Babylon, and each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment. 
for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. Babylon has been a golden cup in the land of the Lord, intoxicating all of the earth. The nations have drunk of her wine. Therefore, the nations are going mad. Suddenly, Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail over her. Bring balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We applied healing to Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her and let us each go to his own country, for her judgment has reached to heaven and towers up to the very skies. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come and let us recount in Zion the work of the Lord our God. I read these verses in Jeremiah 50 and 51. Because the prophecy in Revelation is directly related to that ancient prophecy about the destruction of Babylon. And as we saw last week and several other weeks before, the enemy of the church in the first century, Rome, is given the name of the enemy of Israel in the Old Testament, Babylon. Now I want you to remember what Babylon represents. It not only represents Rome, but it represents man united against the Lord in self-conscious attempts to build a civilization for his own glory, according to his own word, to satisfy his own desires. This is a civilization that was built on a principle of revolt against God. So the first century illustration of Babylon is Rome, but it also represents any civilization since Rome that has built itself on a principle of revolt against Almighty God. Now notice the context before I go any further. In Revelation 16, we saw the seven bowls of wrath. The finality of judgment upon cultures that deliberately remain impenitent. These terminal judgments fall upon these nations in history and wipe them off the face of the earth. In Revelation 17, you have the prediction of the doom of a scarlet woman representing sensuous, ungodly societies. And you have the victory of the conquering Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 18, where we are right now, you see Christ as Rome's conqueror, proclaiming his total victory over all civilizations rebelling against him. Revelation 19, which we will get to probably next Sunday, we see praise offered to the all-conquering Christ, whose victory is total and final and eternal. In Revelation 20, we see that Christ's triumph includes the binding of Satan and his eternal judgment. And the last two chapters of Revelation, chapter 21 and 22, tell us that Christ's victory includes the establishment of a new universal order, in which he rules. Now let's look at Revelation 18, which shows the fall of Babylon and all other anti-Christian civilizations. In verses 1 through 3, you have the announcement of the fall 
of Rome and its company. Now, the book of Revelation is full of angels. But there is always one angel that stands out superior to all of the rest. Notice what it says in verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. And John said similar things about Christ in his gospel and in his epistles. So here, you see most likely Christ. This great and mighty angel who preaches through the preaching of men. And he makes an announcement. And the announcement is the certain fall of Rome. Brought not merely by Germanic hordes. They were God's instrument along with other things, such as moral corruption from within and the inflation of the currency. Sounds similar to things maybe here? But ultimately, the fall of Rome was brought on by the judgment of Almighty God. Now notice it is in the past tense, verse 2. And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. When you read the prophets of the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the like, in Hebrew... When they prophesy things that are to take place in the future, particularly with reference to the person and work of Christ, they always or mostly prophesy in the past tense. That is, they prophesy what will take place in the future in past tense verbs as if it has already taken place. And that can be confusing if you don't understand what they're doing. But this is a prophetic device declaring that the great purpose of God will be accomplished. There's no doubt about these prophecies that will take place in the future. They will happen, is what they're saying. Because they have been formulated and decreed in the mind of Almighty God. So they are certain to take place. So even though this is written in the past tense, it is a prophecy about the coming fall of Rome that actually took a while to fall. It happened in various phases, and we're going to see that one phase was almost immediate, but it is a fall that continued up into the 5th century. But, as we can see, It was certain to happen. Then notice the reason the angel gives for the complete annihilation of this Babylon the Great, the Roman Empire, and any civilization like it. In verse 2 it says, It is going to be destroyed like ancient Babylon, so thoroughly that the only people who will live there are demons and birds of prey, nothing else. That man will never live there again. And that is the way it was in Babylon. The city of Rome still exists, 
but the Roman Empire is gone. All there is is a bunch of ruins. Oh, fascinating ruins to be sure, but that is all there is, and there is no Babylon. Destruction was total and complete. Why? Verse 3. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. So you see uncleanness, slavery, verse 23, sorcery, demonic influences within Rome, the seduction and abuse of the kings of the earth, seducing them to her sensuality and to her wealth, the sensuality of her character. God said, this isn't going to stand. I'm not going to allow a culture like this that is dominated by uncleanness and seduction and sensuality to last for long if it doesn't repent. And I pray, beloved, this will never be said of us. Fallen, fallen is America the great. Many of the things that distinguish Rome definitely distinguish us today. Now, what is God's order to this people concerning the fall of Babylon the great? Notice what he says in verses 4 through 8. I have heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her my people. These are almost the same words that were spoken in Jeremiah 50 and 51. Come out of her for two reasons. That you may not participate in her sins and that you may not receive her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the cup which she has mixed, mix twice as much for her. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensually, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, I am not a widow, and I will never see Morning. Now notice what God says to his people. He says, here you have two enemies. The first enemy is apostate Judaism, and we saw that it was demolished in 70 AD. And now the second great enemy is the Roman Empire and all other civilizations of tyranny like Rome that abuse and persecute the people of God. And God says to his people, now come out of her. For two reasons, so that you won't commit the same sins she commits. Remember, bad company corrupts good morals. Come out of her, be separate from Rome, so you won't be guilty of the same sins. You know, that's one of the reasons for the exodus. Israel had imitated some of the sins of Egypt. And the way God chose to save Israel from those sins was to destroy Egypt and remove Israel from the country. So she would no longer be guilty of committing the same sins as the people in Egypt. Because as we see in verse 4 here, if you are guilty of the sins, church, 
God will treat you like his enemies. And if you participate in her sins, then you will receive the same plagues the world will receive. So Jesus is saying here, separate yourself from here so you won't imitate her sins and so you won't experience the same judgments and separation from God's favor that she is going to experience. Now, it is not this separation. This separation is what I want to talk about for just a moment or two. We sued two commands to God's people with reference to the fall of the Roman Empire and to all sensual reprobate civilizations. Come out of her and be separate. So the first call to believers in a tyrannical, sensual, reprobate culture is to separate from it and its company. Now the call to separation, we have got to understand. It is not a call to retreat. It is not a call to withdraw from culture as if we are a bunch of monks who head to a desert to avoid temptations of a culture. It is not a call to isolate ourselves from everyone around us and to not participate in the culture at all. We must never lose sight of our in-the-world mission. But we must be separate from any of the world's life. I'm sure you've heard the cliche, we are to be in the world but not of the world. And that is a perfectly good statement. That we are to be like salt in this dying world. To keep it from dying. We are to be light in this dark world to scatter the darkness. So there must be some involvement on our part in the civilization as sinful as it may be in which we live in an effort to reach those who are in it, who are perishing because of their sin. But at the same time, we must not be of the world. That is, we must not imitate the lifestyle, the worldview, the priorities, the perspectives of man in rebellion against God. We must not allow ourselves to be seduced by Babylon. But oh, how easy it is to be so. We must not bear the mark of the beast. Let me encourage you. Don't let yourself be seduced. Seems simple, right? I don't know how many times, though, that I've seen young men who have gone through college. They've gotten their first job. They have a paycheck. And they're making more money than they ever have in their life. And then their priorities begin to change. I, I've seen them seduced over and over again by this world. Once they have a little money in their pocket, and once they have their own place and freedom from mom and dad, they feel a part of this world. And they become more and more seduced by it. Teenagers and young people, beware. This culture is going to make its seduction seem innocent to you and so enjoyable. And there will be these seductions everywhere you turn your head. 
You will not be able to escape them. And unless you are strong and brought up in a true Christian home with parents who are strong and bold warriors for Christ in a faithful home environment, you may very well be sucked down the drain of this American culture, as many of your friends, I'm sure, already have been. I don't want any of you young adults or young people to ever think you are beyond or above that, or that you are too spiritual to be sucked down the sewer of American culture. So we are told to separate ourselves from it. And that separation is on all fronts. For instance, in this particular chapter, Revelation 18, it is a political separation. That is, don't be seduced by the allurements of tyranny, much like we're seeing going on in our streets today. Do you remember what the Israelites said to Moses when they got into the wilderness And all they had was manna day in and day out to eat and water out of a rock. They said, Moses, you just took us out here so that we will all die. We want to go back to Egypt where we had onions and leeks. In other words, they wanted the security of tyranny and slavery more than the risks of being free men and being blessed by God. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Grace.